You're listening to Sermon Audio from Grace Community Church of Gresham, Oregon. For more information about service times and ways to follow us online, please go to gracecc.net. That's gracecc.net. And thanks for joining us. Good morning. So my name is Gabe Myers. I think we already heard that. But I would like to invite someone else up here today. I'm one of the pastors here. And generally, if you're new, um, if you want to find me, I'd be speaking in a different language. And it'd be at 2 o'clock this afternoon. There's a lot of food involved. So just so you know. Um, (laughs) But I'd like to invite a friend of mine, a good friend, Gary. uh, Gary Rodriguez, if you would please come up. I just, I've known him for a few years. And... Absolutely love his story. I didn't like it. I'm going to give you Jay's mic. Good morning. Yeah. Does, does it work? Oh, there you go. There, it's there on. Go. So if I talk like this. Can y'all hear me? Uh, well, they won't be able to hear you online. So it would oh, be. Oh, okay. Let's let's. Okay. Yeah. There you go. You got it. There yeah. we go. Um, yeah. So how how long have we known each other approximately? Uh, I'm thinking it's been right around somewhere between five and seven years. About there, yeah. Right around there. And I just remember the day we met. <laughs> Your last name, by the way, what is it? Rodriguez. Do you speak any Spanish? That much. Okay. And, and I think I got your name. Poquito. Be- Un poquito. <laughs> yeah. And what was funny is I got your name because your last name was Rodriguez. I think you had filled something out or something. And uh, No, I walked into this church okay. uh, however many years ago, a broken. Yeah. And uh, you're the first person I met. You're the first person that I talked to. Mm-hmm. And all throughout that conversation, I'm kind of going to take off here a little bit. Yeah. All throughout that conversation, Gabe was asking me, have I accepted Jesus into my life? And the answer was no. I knew who he was, but I didn't really know anything about him. Uh, Born and raised Catholic. And we would talk, and then he'd come right back to that same question. Have I accepted Jesus into my life? And I fought back. It's just words. It doesn't mean anything. Uh... A lot of people use uh, that phrase, you know, the John 3.16. I saw it as a get-out-of-jail-free card. Because I've met a lot of people that use it that way. They can do whatever they want in life. They're, they're yeah. just going to do what they do. Kind of turned me off the whole Christian aspect of mm-hmm. it. So we would talk some more, and he'd go right back to that same question. By this time, I'm crying, I'm blubbering. And uh, he asked me that question one more time. And I think you saw this part in me. We talked about it Friday. He told me about all this Friday. And uh, I mean, what am I going to say? What am I going to do? He asked me that question one more time. Have I accepted Jesus into my life? Because that conversation wasn't going to go go any further. (laughs) Finally, with lots of crying and all that, it happened. I... I said the prayer with him, and at that moment, that moment right there, I felt this wet blanket come off of my back. Tangible weight came off of my back, and you saw that breath of fresh air that came into me. At that moment, in that time, right there, I knew this was real. Mm-hmm. God is real. Jesus, everything is, 
Everything I've thought before was all, get the leg shakes here, <laughs> was all self-centered, me, me, me. And uh, I, I think it, I remember asking you that day because there were issues going on and you wanted those resolved. Yeah. And I asked you, well, what have you tried? What are you trying to solve those things? Do you remember what you might have said? What were you trying to fix those things? Push through it, self-centered. Every problem I've ever encountered in my life, I've just, uh, or every, any challenge. Yeah. And I remember asking you, and how's that working for you? Not very well. <laughs> not, not very well. I, I've, it's, it's just, uh, I don't know if how many people here are familiar with Sugg's Law. If you push hard enough, it will fall. Uh, it and you're, doesn't, you're it like, doesn't always fall. And you're, you wind up with the broken body. What were you? That might get there it. it is. What were you in the army, by the way? I was a ranger. Ranger, army ranger. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I remember asking you, do you have a friendship with Jesus? Do you remember that? And you said, no one's ever put it like that before. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And a few minutes later, you had this conversation with Jesus and you said you felt, you know, this something was very different. Yeah, I felt that wet blanket come. It, it, yeah. Tangible people, tangible weight came off of my back. Yeah. It's yeah. real. Yeah. Uh, there's, I've been spiritually healed. I've been physically healed. Mm -hmm. uh, so how, how are your relationships? Just. Uh, relations, limited. Uh, there's, there's people that God put in my life, you, Butch and Mary Lou, Jim and Audra, if you're back there, hmm. that, uh, they help me through these things. I can go to them and I, and we can talk. I'm supposed to go have dinner with Jim and Audra to talk about something. That's or, now, right? That's, that's now. That's now. When you came, how were your relationships? Uh, nothing. Yeah. Uh, I know. I know that going through this uh, before I came over, it was. I didn't look to Christ for answers. I looked for myself. I looked to other people. Uh, and then going through this, I have. It gave me a whole different direction to go in. To go in. Yeah. And that's what I'm trying to follow. I'm still a broken guy. You know, <laughs> I ain't. I ain't. I ain't there yet. So. Yeah. But, what is Christ to you? He's everything. I, yeah. I said that right there when you baptized me. Yeah. You brought me in, you <laughs> baptized me, you brought me up again. Yeah. Well, that's point. Yeah. 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 Well, hey. yeah, it's all, it's all him. Thank it, you. It, it is all him. Thank you so much for sharing no, that. No, thank you. Yeah. Thank everyone here. Yeah. Just, thank you for being a part of it. You know, this is a great journey. And uh, gl glimpses, glimpses of just the power and, and, and being spirit filled. Sometimes I get it. Yeah. Sometimes he's here and I feel it and I want to stay in that moment. I don't know if any of you people have that problem or it's, I, I consider it a problem. <laughs> I get to a spot where I'm just so spirit filled and everything is just 100%. When I went to the Philippines, it was 24 seven God centered. You, you, you wake up, you pray, you eat breakfast, you go out and you minister and you, and you preach the word and you eat lunch and then you go preach the word and then you pray and it's just 24 seven. It was like 10 days. 
and, and I talked to Pastor Jay about this when I got back. When I got on that airplane on the way back, I could feel that separation starting to happen. Because you get back into the real world, this world, and you, you can't, I don't, I don't know how to explain this part, but it's like you got to, the dishes got to get done. The house got, you got to go to work. You got to do this. It takes away from your God, from my God, or whatever, however you want to say that. It, it just takes away from it. But you're not there 100%. You got and, and I struggle with that. Mm. And that, that, that spot there where I was, in that 100% God-centered life, is where I want to be and where I want to stay. Yeah. And just, that's, it's, it's hard to stay there. That's really good. We're going to talk about that. Good. Right now. So, Show me. thank you very, very thank much. Thank you, Thank you, Gary. Um, today, we're going to take a few minutes to reconsider Christmas. Our series, uh, The Good News of the Gospel, which we just spent five, uh, five sermons on. And I titled this Life with Jesus because I think, you know, today's New Year's Day. Happy 2023rd. And Christmas is past. It's over. Or is it? <laughs> and Christmas, I think sometimes, you know, the holidays go by and it's like, okay, that's over. And New Year's Day, January, uh, midweek, January, it's like, okay, that's back to the same thing. Um, and I'm just thinking, we just spent five weeks of thinking about the coming of God to be with us. And the excitement of what that is, it, it should carry over the rest of my life like it's not just about a few days yeah and next year we'll celebrate it again and it'll be fresh all over again but this is what I'd like us to consider I'd like us to go through these these thoughts of Jesus being uh, Emmanuel son of Mary he's king he is the son of God and he's the light of the world And, and I just want us to Take a moment and think through some of these, thing, think these things. And there are three realities that I want us to walk away with. Three realities that I'd like us to consider. These are things that are real. Just as Gary says, this is all very real. God is in my life. He's very real. He's transformed my life. Where I was and where I am are two very different things. So we can live, live this transformed life. And what does that look like? That's the question. So um, to just to kind of get our bearings a little bit, um, to think about, think about this picture. Yeah. Projects are a lot of fun. Uh, building projects can be a blast, right? If you're building them well, right? Or you've probably seen this one before. There's a, there's a project for you. It's a good idea, right? And uh, then there's this guy. Do you... Yeah. And the question is, how is that working for you? So I think this is oftentimes a picture of our lives, and we're trying to build it on things that have, have absolutely no source of real life. 
We try to build, we try to build, we try to build, we try to build. And this has been our history from, from Adam and Eve from the beginning of time, from the beginning of, of our history. When you go back to the Garden of Eden, uh, God builds Adam out of clay and then he breathes in him the breath of life and he gets up and he walks around and, and he has this conversation with God and they start talking, physically connected, like they can chat, have conversations, and Eve comes into the picture, and there's a relationship where they're friends, and they're connected to the very source of life. That just had to be absolutely amazing. To be able to walk around with God and know him face to face. And then the story goes, they, God says, just don't touch that, because when you touch that, you reject me, you reject life, you choose death. And they choose to eat this fruit. And by choosing that, they're saying, no, I don't want you in my life. I don't want you to decide what I do. I'm going to choose my path. I'm going to build my project my way. Do it my way. And ever since then, we've been doing it our way. And we're disconnected from God. This relationship that could have been face-to-face with the source of life is broken. And so that's been the story of our lives. Uh, Carrie gave me a a T-shirt over Christmas. It's got a a Santa on the front. It's a green shirt. And at the very bottom, he's got this list. At the very bottom, it says, you're all on the naughty list. (laughs) And, And the idea is, we're all, since Adam and Eve, we're all broken. We're all separated from God. And so the story of Christmas is about God saying, I will do something to fix the problem. That's what it is. I'll, I'll do it. And that first Sunday, um, we talked about Jesus being Emmanuel. Isaiah seven fourteen. therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. And Emmanuel means God with us. So if you go back to the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve rejected God, when they sinned, when they rejected him, what happened was when God came looking for them as a friend, what did they, what did they do? They, they hid. They were afraid. And they tried to hide from him. And that's been the story of, of brokenness, of sin in our lives. What sin does is it pushes God away and it says, I'm afraid. I don't want you to see my guilt. I don't want you to see my shame. Please. And it doesn't just do that between God and I. It does that in, in our relationships. It, it tears things apart. Because of the shame and the guilt. And God says, I will come to you. And I'll clothe myself in Emmanuel. And John 1.14, I love this verse. This is what we're focusing on today. The word became flesh. Philippians says he didn't choose um, the nature of God as being something to grasp onto, but he, he humbled himself. He became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. This is Jesus. This is the reality. God chose to come and be with us. It's not about a relationship out there or, or someone we know about. It's not about someone who, you know, maybe we read about and we just connect with a book. It's more than that. He wants to be with us. That's why he came. So that's the first reality. The reality of God with us. And so as we consider the rest of this year, as you, we consider your life, I just want to ask you, 
Is God with you? Do you have a relationship with him? Matthew chapter 3 and verse 17 talks about this Emmanuel, this Jesus. When he came to live among us, he was baptized. And right after he got baptized, a voice from heaven, the Father speaks. And you remember, everybody's on the naughty list, except for this one. Look what it says about Jesus. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. Unlike the first Adam, unlike all of humanity, he is sinless. He pleases God. He lives the way a son should live, or the way a, a son can live to, to, to please the father. Something to consider here is Jesus came to not just to be the son, like he is the son of God, but in that reality is that he came to make us sons, sons and daughters. That's, that's what he came to do. He came to, to, make, us, to make us his own. Uh, this unreachable God comes to us. He is the one who pleases God, but he comes to make us sons and daughters. John 1.12 says this, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So that separation between us and God, Jesus comes he is the perfect son of God. And not only is he, is he the perfect son of God who is approachable, who, who models what it means to be a son to the father, he is also one who makes us sons. And how do we do that? This verse is very clear. But to all who received him, right? All who did receive him to those who believed in his name. It's not just a religious act. It's not just a tradition. This is a relationship with Jesus, He's saying, I, I want to be in your life. I, I want you to receive me into your life. Just like uh, if you receive someone, I don't know what you did for the holidays, but I'm guessing maybe, maybe you had people over or you ate with people. When you eat with someone, you have a conversation with them, you're connecting. There's relationship. Jesus is saying, I want to be with you. And I would like you to receive me in your life. I want to be your friend. I want to be the source of life in, in you. But I'm giving you the option to choose. You can choose to receive me in your life. And if you do, <laughs> you have the right. You're a child of God. And, and John 1, 12, uh, sorry, this is actually First uh, John chapter 3 and verse 1. And it says this, see what great love the Father has lavished on us. That we should be called children of God and that is what we are. That's what Gary is saying. If you have a relationship with Jesus and at some point in your life you've said to him, I, I want you in my life. I believe and I trust you. I'm not going to rely on me. <laughs> Please come in. If you've done that, the Apostle John is saying this is a reality. See how, what great a love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. That statement is huge. It's, it's, it's absolutely loaded. We are children of God. He is our father. And that's, that's what we are. And what kind of children? Uh, John 
I think that's the wrong verse again down there. Uh, that's actually John 1.13. It says, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. When he talks to, when he talks to Nicodemus, he says, you must be born again. Well, in John 1, tell, before that, he actually kind of explains what this means. This, this being born into a relationship, receiving Jesus, being born into this family. What does that mean? It means God does something in your life, and in that moment, he takes your heart and he renews it. And you are born, and you're born of God. And Peter says that birth in you, something in you changes where it's not the seed that is perishable, but it's incorruptible. It's, it's born again, and it has life, and it can't perish. There's this transformation, new birth. Just like a baby is born into a family, someone who is walking without God is a dead person. But when you come into relationship with God and he, and he comes into your life and he says, I'm breathing life into you again, you were born again. In Gary's case, he felt it. When I made this decision, I was six years old. And I, I distinctly remember actually feeling something like that wet blanket. It was, it was just like lightness and just joy. And, and, and I was six years old. I couldn't sleep that night. It was really hard. I just had all these questions. I was so excited. And I'm not saying everybody has that same experience because faith is a process. You come into a relationship and sometimes it's slow. Sometimes you, you, you're wondering, you know, am I trusting? Am I not? Do I receive? It's, 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 it's ongoing, but what I love about faith is it's something that starts, and Jesus is the author and perfecter of our faith, and he takes us through this arc of, of growing our faith. It's pretty amazing. Um, some pictures, the idea of, of a child being born into a family is one. Another one is adopted. Okay, Romans 8, 14, and 15, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God, right? You have the Holy Spirit in you. He's helping you to walk. You're learning to obey him like a child is trying to learn to obey his parents. We learn to walk with him. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. That whole hiding piece, he takes it away. And then rather the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The idea of Abba is like daddy. It's Aramaic for daddy. It's this picture of I, I, I didn't belong in this family. I belonged somewhere else. I had some other last name. A and Jesus gives me a new birth certificate. It has his last name on it. I belong to his family. And what's interesting about being part of a family, I heard the story uh, at preaching team, someone was sharing about this child who was adopted from uh, South Korea, I believe, came to the States and they gave him a bedroom that was his own. And so every morning, you know, he'd get up and, and, you know, what was being noticed was that his room was impeccable. It was perfect. And every, every night, every morning, he'd wake up and he'd go and check, wow, it's perfect. It's perfect. And come to find out, the, the child would wake up and make everything so neat and perfect because he'd started sleeping on the floor because he didn't want to damage or, or some, leave something out of place that would cause him to lose his status as adopted. That's not the picture of Christ. When he calls us a child, he gives us a new 
birth certificate, a new name, a new family. That's your status. You're his child. That's who we are. Um, and we can call him daddy. And you know when a child is comfortable when the child is able to make a mess and walk away and feel okay about it. That's kind of cool. <laughs> we have six kids at home. Uh, but, but, but it's like, okay, I, I belong here. <laughs> right? There's some sense of ownership. It's okay to be me. I'm not kids. There aren't any kids in here. This is good. Um, <laughs> Hebrews 5.8 talks about Jesus as a son. Son though he was, he learned obedience from what he suffered. And once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. This picture uh, is so interesting. Jesus had to learn obedience? What? He, wasn't he already obedient? All the, yeah, but o- obedience is actually a process of where you obey when you're said to do something, right? And if you haven't done it before, it's new. Uh, but Jesus, he was fully God, but he's fully human. And when he chooses to come to earth, he chooses to leave his credentials as God, like his, his ID stays there. He lives as a man. And as a man, he learns, obedi- he learns obedience. He never sins. He said, I've come to do the will of the Father. That's what he's, he had come to do. And he did it perfectly in every single area. And so as a son, he models for us what it means to be a son to the father. What I love about this is he's not a dis- God isn't disconnected from us. He clothes himself in humanity. He walks among us. And he says, I'll sh- I'm not just going to tell you what to do. I'll lead you. I'll do it with you. I'm that kind of a leader. I will humble myself. I will become one of you. And I'll do it so you know how it's done. And Jesus loves. Jesus has compassion. He heals. He forgives. He, man, he's exactly what we need as a model in a broken world where our leaders are completely the opposite. This is Jesus. The second reality is this reality of the authority of the king. We said Jesus was the son of David, right? Here in, uh, wow, really those verses are off. That's Isaiah chapter nine and verse six. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. So the idea is he's king. He's coming to sit on David's throne. That's the physical part of him being king. That part hasn't happened yet. But if you look back at this section, what are his names? Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Those are, that's what Jesus is. And and when he came to earth, that's the question. What kind of king would this Jesus be? Well, when he spoke, nature obeyed. The storm was stilled. When he spoke, people were healed. When he touched, a blind man could see. A leper was cleansed. When he spoke, he said things like, I forgive your sin, or your sins are forgiven. Can you imagine going to a courtroom or a police officer stops 
is arresting someone who maybe murdered someone and then turns around and says, I forgive you and releases them. That's like, that, that's way off. You don't have that kind of authority, buddy. You can't do that. Jesus claims to have the authority to forgive sin. Not, not to dismiss it. He's, he, he, forgives, he forgives it. And, and, and we go on to talk about this Jesus. What kind of authority does he have? These are the kinds of authorities that he has. And there's one more that we're going to talk to in just a minute. But look at this. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are all justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. The word justified, the word redeemed. This, this is legal language, right? Where if you're a criminal, you come before a judge and you will be, there will be a verdict. You will either be guilty of, of the crime and be a criminal or you will be justified. And Jesus has the power to justify freely. To say, you're not guilty of the crime anymore or, or I, I declare you just from the, of the crime. And the other picture in here, I love this, the, the word redemption. Man, in, Roman, in the Roman world, slavery was everywhere. So the idea of slavery was you take and you buy a slave from someone and now you're the owner of this person is property. And, and Jesus is, is the redeemer. Look at, look at how he does this. Colossians 2.14. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins. The master is sin. That's the master. Sin. Even Satan is under that one. Right? He's, he's not the master. Sin is the master. Having Jesus, having canceled the charge of legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us, he has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. Okay, so Jesus takes the charges that are against us. And he dies on the cross. Remember the son who was, pleases the father? He has no crime. He's innocent. But he takes the charges that are against us. And he says, I'll own that. I'll say it's, it's on me. It's my fault. And then he goes to the cross and dies for our crimes. He is punished for our crimes. And he hangs, he nails all our sins to the cross. <laughs> this is amazing. And if you go back and read the rest of this, it actually says when he does this, he makes a spectacle of Satan and the demons who are up there thinking they won at the cross. In reality, he turns it all around. Um, 2 Corinthians says this, it talks about this, this process, and he says, God says, and now through this process, I'm going to seal you. A king's seal is kind of important. It's a big deal. Imagine God's seal. Yeah. Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. This is what God has done. The Holy Spirit comes into our lives. And he says, you are mine. You, are, you belong to me. You used to belong to a kingdom of darkness. You belong to the kingdom of light. You belonged to sin and brokenness and condemnation. Now you belong to life. This is who you are. Redemption. 
It's not just about freedom from, which is huge and it's amazing. The fact that we're free from all of this, but we're also free to something. What are we freed from? Oh, I love this verse. I saw this last week. I was just reading through the Bible. But thanks be to God who always leads us as captives in Christ's triumphal procession and uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere. Could you try to picture that? Some people I know can't do images in their minds, but if you can't. could Could you just try to picture that for a moment? What would that look like? And think in terms of uh, kings conquering other nations. And when they're done conquering, they bring this procession of, of what they've conquered. You know, I don't know, loot and goods and maybe slaves. I, but they're marching into the city and the people in town are looking around. Wow. What does that look like? I found a picture on the internet. I don't, I don't know if it does it justice, but there's a triumphal procession of a king bringing someone through, right? This is one person being conquered or being held. He's, he's the new captive. I think of Gary's story. When he shares it, he's saying, I'm a captive to Christ. And what's amazing about being captive to Christ is it's actually freeing. It gives me freedom. It gives me life. And my question to me and to you is, are you a captive to Christ? And while the world around us is, is captive to sin and brokenness, it's captive to desires, to a way of thinking, to ambitions that are selfish, the aroma of Christ is Christ himself. The son who is not selfish, who loves, who is humble, who loves to serve others. This is the aroma of Christ. And the last piece of this is that transform life. It's a reality. Jesus didn't come to just say words and provide a path. (laughs) It's real. And it's now. And the idea that we can live a transformed life here and now is ours. Sorry, that is not John one twelve. <laughs> um, I think that's John one three. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. I think of Christmas Eve when Jay got up here and he brought the lamp, and we saw this idea of the light of the world, and we were challenged to go out. And to live out good works. To love people. To love God. To love people. And this idea of living a transformed life, it comes because it, it does, I don't depend on me. I think of what Gary said multiple times of, of, you know, I used to depend on me and do things on my own strength and just try to push through. And you ask him, how is that working for you? And it doesn't. Well, the idea of repentance. Repentance isn't just trying to push through and do it right my way. It's not stop lying and start speaking truth. I'm missing a big step here, if that's what I think it is. It's actually stop lying and turn to God. It's turn 
and look to him. And when I look to him, he gives me the strength to live speaking truth. And this, this idea of life is in him. He, we can live out the gospel. We can live out a transformed life only in relationship with Christ and in relationship with other people who love Jesus. We walk together. That's what discipleship is all about. When he says, I'm meeting with someone tonight or I'm talking to Butch and, and that, you know, it's, this is where we grow. We grow in relationship. We're born into a family and then we got to grow up. Grow into young, uh, being young men and women in Christ into adulthood. That's the goal. And then to bring along others for Christ. But this is, this is what's happening. And so the question for you and me is, am I surrendering to his authority to transform me? If you're anything like me, there are areas of your life where this is kind of easy. And then there are other areas where it's not so easy. And what's interesting is you put two people next to each other and if you were to try to compare them, they're nothing alike. Their levels of temptation are not, not the same. Someone could really be struggling with something and another person not as much. And you can't compare the two because you don't know what their weaknesses are. But the question is, as a follower of Jesus... Am I, am I pursuing that surrender? Am I saying, God, Lord, I want you to transform the way I think? I want you to teach me how to think. I want you to teach me how not to react in the moments that maybe trigger me and, and, and want to take me down this path. Lord, would you help me think differently? Would you work on my character? Would you work on my habits? Would you work on my life? Would you work on my relationships? I want to surrender them all to you. Would you work on my ambitions for life, where I want to head, where I want to be 10 years from now? Would you help? Would you work? I want to trust you in those things. I want to acknowledge you in those things. Am I doing this in relationship with Jesus? 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 12. Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Whew. Yeah. <laughs> and that is what some of you were. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. This is the power of the, of, of the gospel. In us, This is the power of a relationship with Jesus in us. He takes us from what we were and gives us a new identity and works in us. He gives us the power to live, live the life he wants us to. So I'd like you to just consider, remember the COVID life? Oh, please no, let's not do that, right? But the COVID life, man, I don't know. I, I could just mention a few words, but like, uh, social, social interactions. I'd like to invite the, yeah, worship team. But the, our social interactions. Now, there are people in this room. I can think of uh, one in this room whose dad died. And he probably died because of the loneliness and depression that he suffered because family couldn't come around. That's not life. That's isolation. And I just think of the isolation around COVID. I think about uh, 
just the challenges that it were, was for so many families that who weren't often together and now suddenly they're cooped up in a home and really can't go outside of that. And it was really difficult. This, we have a good understanding of what it means to be existing but not really having life. I think that's one of those things we can take away from COVID. What Jesus offers us is something the opposite of that. He offers us real life. He allows us to experience some things to maybe understand this is what it's like to not have life. And I'd like to offer you real life. Real life. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God. This is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. This is 1 Corinthians 1. But the idea here, just that little picture, Jesus didn't just become someone who comes and gives us spiritual life. Sometimes we say that, and, and, and maybe that, that creates a disconnect because it's like, okay, I just want to have this relationship with God, and that's spiritual life. It's way more than that. Jesus comes to give us life in everyday living, in wisdom, in how to interact with my wife and my kids, and how to interact with my brother, with people at work, how to use my money. How to, he, he's coming to offer me right living, righteousness. This is what the gospel is all about. So we're going to move here just, just a little bit from all of this. And I'd like you to consider the price. We're going to talk about, we're going to, we're going to take a moment and, and remember, remember the cross. We're going to remember what Jesus did for us. And as we do that, I'd like you to just take some time and consider these past four weeks. Consider what we just read and talked about these realities um, and, and get ready to, to take a moment to remember the cross. One of the things I absolutely love about communion is that it always centers me on the price of, my, of, of, of me becoming a child of God and the purpose that I have to live forward. So the elements will be up here. We're going to sing a song, and we're going to invite you to come up and take the elements, and then we're going to uh, go back to your chairs after the song, and, and we'll, we'll pray for the bread and the cup, and we'll remember together. The Apostle Paul uh, said this, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Dear Father, we take this moment to remember. To remember that we weren't purchased with things that are corruptible. But we were purchased with the precious blood of Jesus. Father, thank you for allowing your son. And thank you, Jesus, for surrendering, for willingly giving up your body to be crushed for us. Thank you for allowing your your life to be taken away, your blood to be spilled. So at this, at this time, Father, we just take this moment to remember. Thank you for these symbols. 
that help us remember. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're here this morning and you, you heard this and you're saying, I don't have a relationship with Jesus. If you don't have one with him, would you, would you consider, would you take a moment right now and just say, Lord, I need you in my life. Would you choose to put your trust in him and just say, I need you, please save me. I need you in my life. I need you to save my, my, my relationships, save me. I want a relationship with you. I want my life to be yours. Would you do that? If you would like to talk about that, there are a number of us around here wearing a little orange tag that has a name on it. Uh, would you come talk to us? There are people over here on the right that would love to pray with you. On, my, on your right, would like to pray with you. You can come over here, over here at the front on, the, on my left side, or your left side. You can come talk to them as well. Uh, directionally, I'm having a problem this morning. <laughs> if you have a relationship with Jesus, I think about Christmas stories like the shepherds. When they met him, they could just, just were just like, I need to tell everybody. So I'd like to invite you right now to just pray with me. And would you pray for someone that you might be able to share your story with? What has he done in your life? Would you do that? Father, thank you so much for sending your son, Jesus. Thank you so much for becoming one of us, for coming to make us sons and daughters, for modeling what that looks like, for the joy of doing it with you. Father, I pray this week that as we walk out that we would interact with people in our families, in our neighborhood. Would you work in their lives. I think of people in my own life. I think of my uncle who needs you. I pray that he would come to you. Lord, I pray for those people that we're thinking about right now. Would you open the opportunities to share Jesus? In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great 2023. See you next week. Thank you for joining us for Sermon Audio from Grace Community Church here in Gresham, Oregon. For more information about service times and ways to follow us online, please go to gracecc.net. That's gracecc.net.